Okay. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Margaret. How are you? How are you? I'm good.、Fine. Thank you. How was the Easter vacations, holidays? Easter was fantastic. So much sun, so much hiking. How was your Easter? Nice. I went to Lofo- the Lofoten、yes. Islands. How was it? <laughs> <laughs> nice,、uh, great landscape. I think I saw them. They're the best、uh, sunset of my life. It was amazing. The mountains with、uh, snow, the sea next to them. It's、mm. amazing. Did you but, go hiking?、Uh, yes. I did one hike. I don't remember the mountain, but I did one. <laughs> There are so many mountains、yeah. in Lofoten.、Yeah. But the, the thing is that they smell. Like fish, a lot. Yeah. Like, oh, you haven't、fish. tried the dried fish? No, Did I haven't. Did you try、haven't. it? No. Oh, I it's traditional Norwegian food. Yeah. You should I, try it. Yeah, but. The、uh, smell isn't good. Oof, Let me tell you. It's, <laughs> it's so strong. It's so good.、Uh, we went out of the car, and, and the smell just hit us. Hit in the us nose. in the face. Yeah. And I didn't expect that because、yeah. you see on Google that beautiful landscapes and stuff, and you say, wow. Mm. You know, and you get out, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, But、I、it's had, amazing. It's I had amazing. another friend, yeah, she went also. No, she also went to Lofoten.、Mm. And she told me the exact same thing. She's like, it's so beautiful. The smell, though. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> no, but you get used to it. So it's、yeah. not a real problem. Okay, so what about the new sections today, Margaret? Today, we don't have any new section because we're going to have an interview about sexual health. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we think that we should just keep the intro very lighthearted and、mm-hmm. save the news for next week's program. Yeah, because、uh, the interview is going to be quite long, maybe this time, because it's so interesting the topic. Yeah,、uh, and really important too. You all have sent a lot of、um, questions and stuff. So I yes, think we thank should. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you, everybody, <laughs> for all that beautiful questions. And、uh, they will be answered in a while. And yeah, I think we should keep the news for the, for the next week. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so the guests have arrived now. Yeah. So、Exciting. I think we should, we should interview them now. What do you think, Margaret? Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> let's not make them、uh, wait more. And let's play the jingle. Let's start the program after this pre show. Let's do it. And talk about sex. Du hører på studentradioen i Bergen. Bergens eneste FM-radio. Okay, so we are back again here in Norway with、uh, two special guests today. We have with us Henrik. Hello, Henrik. How are Hi, you? Thank you for having me. <laughs> Uh, it's a pleasure, and can you introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, my name is Henrik.、Uh, I study medicine at the university in Bergen, and I also have I participate in another show on the radio in、mm-hmm. Norwegian, unfortunately, but it's <laughs> a health related show. Nice. And we have with us today to y u n I said it correctly. <laughs> Nelly. y u n a y u n a Okay. And can you introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, I am a gynecologist. I'm a professor also in gynecology, so I do a lot of teaching in gynecology, including sexual medicine. And、uh, when I was a student, I participated in what is called MSO, the Medical Sexual Education Service.、Hmm, interesting. And the program of today, as you know, it's going to be about、um, uh, sexual health. We have with us also Margaret. Hello, yes, Margaret again. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> She's still here. 
And what are the most effective methods of contraception? Yuna? Well, uh, it, you think of what is best in uh, avoiding pregnancy, uh, then I would say either the combined oral contraceptive pills mm -hmm. or a medicated intrauterine device, what you put inside the uterus, the womb. And uh, in general, if you have a method that you use for a long time, like this IUD, you can have it in for five years. Yeah. That is safer as compared to having to remember to take a pill every day. Mm -hmm. It's better mm. then. Okay. And this question is related, so I'm going to do it, Margrave. Yes. Because a girl asked, like, how is the process of commercialization of men contraceptive pills going? I don't know if you are aware of this. Yes, there are works ongoing, but it's going very slowly. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been no recent reports. The latest I found was from 2016. Mm. And then they were giving a combination of two hormones. And they had, had even tested it in males. But they got uh, so significant side effects that oh. uh, mostly they would not continue using it. It was effective. It stopped them from producing sperm. And none of the couples became pregnant during that year. Yeah. But um, it, it is not feasible to use yet. Okay. So it's very slowly progressing. It's a little bit dangerous yeah. maybe. Okay. And what are the costs of the different contraceptive methods? Like the one you talked about, the most effective one, does it, like, is it expensive? It is expensive if you are more than 20 years of age. In mm. Norway, we have a reimbursement so that you could get the contraceptives for nearly free. If you use contraceptive pills, you get them for free unless you have only certain t types of them. So most of them are for free. And uh, also for this um, uh, IUD, you only pay a small amount as compared to women over the age of 20. In that case, it costs more than 1,000 kroners. Oh. Mm. Do you know which one is the most common that people usually tend to use? Of the pills? Yeah, or, or all the contraceptive methods. Uh, I think by now it's the um, what we call the estrogen-free <laughs> combined oral contraceptives. It's called Saracet and it's a gestogen-only pill that is very much used. Mm -hmm. uh, that one you take every day without a pause. Yeah. Um, and also uh, the IUDs are quite widely used now. And a lot of people are asking like what are the most common STDs? So you know something about this? What are the top uh, 10 maybe? <laughs> the top three. Huh? <laughs> top three. Uh, the most common STDs yes. uh, are it's chlamydia, uh -huh. it's also genital herpes mm -hmm. and the genital warts. That's caused by some of the HPV viruses. Okay. But there's a lot. So the good thing about chlamydia being so common is it's easily tested for and it's also quite easily uh, cured. Mm -hmm. It's a bacterial infection, so it's uh, it's cured by anti antibiotics. Uh, the, there's good and bad news <laughs> about uh, herpes and genital warts. Uh, they're yeah. viral infections, so they're not... <laughs> there isn't any cure. There okay. are uh, things you can do about genital warts to sort of speed up uh, the body's own uh, cure for it. Uh, genital herpes is, it's chronic. However, um, between outbreaks, mm -hmm. um, the chance of uh, passing it on to someone else is, is low. 
Mm. Uh, the good things about both genital warts and herpes is that they're not, they don't have any serious complications. Okay. Uh, it might be, you know, unpleasant. It might be, uh, might not look that good. People <laughs> might think, and uh, it might also be a bit painful. But yeah. there's no, you know. Very it's harmful like side effects. I have a comment, yeah. uh, and and you are absolutely right about what you're saying, uh, but there is one exception, and that is that the uh, uh, HPV virus causing the genital warts, as you said, there are many numbers. They are numbered, so they are kind of like cousins, okay. and some of them could be cancerous, mm. and then they don't cause warts, but they could cause dysplasia and cancer of the cervix of the uterus. That's a bad thing. The good thing is that we have a vaccine. <laughs> and <laughs> now we have the vaccine in, in Norway. It's free. It, we mm -hmm. give it through the school vaccination program. Yes. And from this last autumn, we even started to vaccinate the boys. And we are very, very happy with that. Yeah, that's a good What we are yeah. unhappy for is that the uh, Norwegian government, they are choosing the cheapest one. The one that is not uh, covering the most of the virus. You could have mm. a vaccine against two types or four types or nine. Okay. And uh, the more you the numbers you cover, the more you would also reduce not only those being cancerous, but also those causing warts. And mm. we would also like to avoid the warts <laughs> if we course, could. Yeah. It would be great, yeah. Mm. So I think it's important if you if you read about HPV, for example, to remember that it's a huge uh, family of viruses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's extremely common. It's... Uh, yeah, here it's in Norway, sorry, here in Norway, it's pretty common, the chlamydia it, it's, thing, it's right? It's very common all over the place. It's just that most people never have any uh, symptoms yeah. and they live uh, happily with it. <laughs> so yeah. it's not... When you read that, okay, HPV is very common, oh, HPV can cause cancer, mm -hmm. which it can, but it's rarely, it rarely causes cancer, it also rarely causes warts. So just, it's important to sort of nice. keep your things straight. And mm -hmm. a lot of people are worried about another question. Yeah, uh, so it actually was a question that how does, uh, how does it spread or can you get STDs from oral sex? That's also a question that we got. Um, the short answer is yes, you can get uh, a lot of the STDs that you can get either uh, in the penis, the vagina, rectally, you can also get uh, orally. And it's the same mechanism uh, in many cases. It's a, uh, sort of a mucus membrane touching yeah. another mucus membrane that can transmit uh, either a virus or a bacteria. So the short answer is <laughs> yes, yeah. it's possible. And, and how can you be protective of that? Well, the, the prevention works in the same way as it would okay. vaginally or rectally. You would have something that acts as a barrier. Okay. So a condom, for mm -hmm. example, for example yeah. if you perform oral sex or there's also it works in the same way. I'm not sure <laughs> what the word is it in English, but the schlickelap, which is also just a physical mm. barrier uh, mm -hmm. that you can make from a condom. You, if you cut the end and along the side, you get like a sheet of condom. Okay, that can work as a protective. Yeah, I think it's that's what you mentioned before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think mm -hmm. so. Yeah, uh, because um, a girl uh, has asked like, um, how does protection work in lesbian couples? Uh, I've been discussing that with Margaret, and we are not really sure about it so how do you protect from uh, contagious uh, sex 
Is that yeah, what the question is about? Yeah. If you're a lesbian. lesbian. Yeah, well, then you would have to use probably this slickelop. There is also what we call a female condom, but it's very rarely used in Norway. Uh, I'm not even sure if it's from still for sale exists. anymore. <laughs> no, uh, it was. And it was a, a kind of two <laughs> rings and then there was a thin plastic sheet in yeah. between and you put it inside the vagina. Okay. Uh, and that would kind of protect the mucous uh, membranes inside the vagina, but not on the skin outside. Okay. So you have to avoid contact with your mouth and your lips and any mucous membranes mm -hmm. to avoid uh, if there is virus or bacteria or whatever there to get into your own mouth. Uh, yeah. And it's also worth noting that uh, many of them can be transmitted through hands or oh. through toys. So using condoms on yeah. toys, for example, if they're uh, changed between Yeah. The ones having sex, uh, that also has to be changed, the condom between. Hmm. Um, and also sort of remember that the hands can also spread. Hmm. So when you say that, uh, like, sex toys and, um, like, hands can spread the disease as well, like, how long does it live on the hands or on the sex toy? Well, generally short. Hmm. Like, outside the body it will survive short, but then, again, it most likely <laughs> goes fast. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you touch each other it goes fast so then it it is able to survive mm -hmm. yeah so and keep good hygiene everyone yes. yeah <laughs> and also we might say that having anal sex kind of increases the risk of transmission uh -huh. because then you very often get tiny tears Okay. So you have a broken uh, membrane yeah. mm -hmm. that would be more easily access for any uh, uh, microbe. Okay, <gasps> take care with anal sex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, on to the next question. Yeah. Um. Let me see. Uh, so, uh, can I get pregnant if I practice sex during menstruation? You can, but it's very rare uh, because you are not absolutely sure when you have your ovulation. Usually that is in between two periods, but that time, port time point is not exactly the same every month. Mm -hmm. uh, and you just might happen to have a bleeding when you have your ovulation, and uh, that could be mistaken as a menstruation, a very small period. So yes, you can, but uh, it is very uh, unlikely though. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Also a thing that the spermies can survive Uh, in the vagina for uh, is it five days? Yeah, something like that, up to maybe a week, five days. So it's kind of hard to sort of have these because some people practice these safe periods mm. as a form of uh, contraception. But the hard thing is, as Yuna said, and knowing what sort of stage in the menstrual cycle you're on mm. is mm. difficult, if yeah. not impossible, because it's sort of if you're gonna plan it, you have to have a very uh, set cycle yes. that is consistent which is not that common uh, mm. and then also the spermies can survive mm. so but take care it also is possible yeah. so even if you track your period very um like very strictly that's not a, the best way of uh, um practicing contraception i would definitely say that it's not the best it's way and it put you on a lot of stress because you have to know and you have to act on it and then be mm. sure that okay i shall not have intercourse now uh, or i have to use a condom now and but i have i don't need it uh, the next week or so mm. i think that is um you have to be 
very, very uh, regular in your period in the start. And you really have to use it every day, this tracker and and follow the uh, time slots where you are allowed and not allowed. So I think that will reduce uh, some of the spontaneity that most of us are happy to be able to act on. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And now that we are talking about pregnancy, another girl has asked, like, uh, can I get pregnant if he does not come inside me? Um, the short answer again is yes. Uh, there's okay. a possibility. Um, there's something called a pre-ejaculatory fluid, I think, in English. Um, mm -hmm. That can sometimes... And that isn't necessarily linked to ejaculation. If okay. the man is aroused for you know a certain amount of time, there might be this sort of clear, um, sticky fluid coming out of the penis, which is part of the... Because the like uh, the ejaculate the cum isn't only sperm cells yeah. it's a number of different components this mm -hmm. being one of them but it isn't necessarily linked to uh, ejaculation and this liquid can contain spermies as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. so there's okay. a possibility that you can get pregnant even if it doesn't uh, ejaculate okay now we are gonna do a little pause listening give me love of don diablo hello we are back again in no way after this post, after listen uh, Don Diablo, after listen Give Me Love, and today shooting name. <laughs> <laughs> and today uh, we are with Henrik and Yuna, talking about uh, sexual health. And Margaret has another question. Another from question from a, a listener. Yeah. Uh, it's I have a new partner. Is there any way to know if we both are one hundred percent free of STDs? Um, so, being 100% sure that both are free from STDs is difficult, if not impossible. Unless both are virgins, then you can safely assume that you're both, um, that none of you have STDs. So, as we talked about before, uh, f uh, several of the sort of normal STDs don't have any symptoms. Mm -hmm. uh, so, for example, chlamydia doesn't have usually doesn't have symptoms however it's fairly easy to test for it uh, other things like for example herpes which can also be present without symptoms is very difficult to test for uh, okay. the same thing mm. with genital warts for example or H HPV um, so that isn't usually done however for example with herpes the risk of having herpes isn't you know, first of all, the risk of transmitting it uh, when you don't have an outbreak is lower, and it's mm -hmm. not that sort of serious if you if you get it. So, you can test for the most usual ones, being chlamydia. Uh, you also often test for gonorrhea in the same test, I yeah. think. Um, and it's a very easy test. It's if you're a boy, it's a urine sample. If you're a girl, there's like this swab test you do, and you can do it yourself. Um, mm -hmm. Um, so it's fairly easy to test for and it's also the most common one. So you can test for the most common ones and be fairly sure, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, and uh, when you say like there are no uh, like very obvious symptoms or no symptoms, like when you get, uh, for example, chlamydia, how long can you have the disease without noticing even yourself? Very long time. A very long time. So we that's what we have screening for. So. Um, we have sometimes when we would recommend to test for uh, like chlamydia, for example, if you are going to have a termination of pregnancy, 
we would recommend to test for that before we do that because that reduces your own risk of having a serious infection after that procedure. And also if you um, change a partner, actually it, it's quite advisable to, to both of you to, to be tested. Um, and, and as uh, was said, it's very easily done and, uh, and that gives you an, a good answer. But um, you can have that for a very long time without symptoms, but you can get some symptoms. And uh, if you get symptoms uh, for a girl, it can be like small, tiny bleedings, bleedings uh, while or maybe after having sex. Uh, for a boy, it could be more like uh, hurting while you're RPing. Mm-hmm. Although that is more common with gonorrhea, but gonorrhea is actually very, very rare. Okay. And also with gonorrhea, you can have this discharge, which, which is full and uh, not good looking and it could be smelly. Okay. Yeah. So just to say that the risk with chlamydia is that if you have it for a prolonged time, it, yep. can, uh, it can hurt your ability or your f- uh, fertility. So your mm. ability to have kids, especially in women, but they mm. also believe that it can have the same effect in men. In men. And yeah. also, so we said that testing for chlamydia is a sort of general thing that is advised to everyone. And then you have, if you're at particular risk, it might be advised that you test for, for example, HIV. So if you, for example, have been traveling uh, and having sex uh, in countries where the the uh, rate of HIV is higher, or if you've been selling or buying sex, for example, uh, it might be advisable to check for that as well. Yeah, okay. And how common is it to get a performance anxieties, I don't know how to read this, (laughs) anxieties, uh, when you are with a new sexual partner? Well, I don't have numbers, (laughs) but (laughs) the interesting thing is that your autonomous nervous system the one that works without your will. Mm-hmm. It has sort of two parts, uh, and it's the uh, sympathetic and the mm-hmm. parasympathetic part of the autonomous nervous system. So the an erection for a man is linked to the, and I always mix it, it mix mix this up, but it's linked to the um, parasympathetical part, being the relaxant part. Okay. It also promotes, for example, digestion, things that you sort of uh, do when you relax. However, anxiety, being stressed, nervous, things like that, that triggers the sympathetical part, being led to, uh, linked to sort of this fight or flight kind of thing. So being nervous kind of works, you know, against the erection. So it's very natural. It's the only natural thing, Mm -hmm. uh, having sort of erectile problems when being nervous. Mm -hmm. So it's very normal. it's not take a deep breath, relax. It's not a you know. It's not dangerous. It's uh, it's like the body is uh, shutting off uh, the less important things when you're scared of something. Yes. It focuses on like basic survival, I guess. Yeah, and of course, there's uh, you can have a erectile dysfunction, I can, and it can be very frustrating. It's I don't mean to sort of downplay it, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not dangerous. However, it you know even if it might be very frustrating, um, and there's also possibility to have like a more physiological damage that will you know uh, prevent you from having an erection but the most common one is it's a psychological okay uh, I would like reason. to add something if yeah. uh, it, it is very common but it's uncommon to be like a 
disease or a permanent problem so that you experience it oh it turns weak <laughs> flaccid uh, very very common and, and in a way it's it's common during intercourse that the penis is rockety hard and then it becomes soft and then it comes hard again so that means it doesn't mean that you are not functioning well but it's it's physiology okay so it, and if it has happened once that oh why I was not able to get it up it does not mean that it will happen again and again and again and you will never be able to have intercourse and it could be something in that setting that was not right and then the next time everything is okay okay yeah so you as a, a gynecologist you don't get a lot of uh, like people asking about this um generally I don't have many male patients <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that would see I, I wouldn't get that questions in that relation but, but what I know is that this is very common for young boys uh, but it's kind of uh, more like a physiology reaction and not a disease mm-hmm. do you have any comments to this not I wouldn't you know worry too much about no. it it, it can be a one-time thing yeah even if it happens several times it might you know most likely it will go away it's something mm-hmm. something wrong with your penis <laughs> mm. and so it's more psychological mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. now yeah, and it's very natural to be nervous the first yeah. time if you're having sex with a new partner <laughs> and if mm-hmm. that partner you know turns into a partner you have over a longer period of time then most likely the stress will you know will uh, be away go away afterwards. And as long as you experience your normal morning erections, then you know that the body is functioning. Yeah, that, that can yeah. be sort of a thing, uh, like a sign. If that doesn't work, mm. then it might be something more permanent, uh, not permanent, yeah. but it might mm. not be only uh, psychological. Yeah. And that is uncommon for young boys. That is more older men. Okay. I think we have treated this question more or less, but what symptoms can you show that you have a sexual infection? Well, the general advice is if anything changes significantly, if there's something that hurts, uh, itches, smells differently than it uh, usually do, if you have a discharge as a man, or if the discharge, if you're a woman, if it changes color, changes viscosity, uh, you know, amount, things like that. Because there's many of the STDs can have kind of similar symptoms and it's not always very easy to sort of distinguish them from each other Mm. so and if there's you know wounds warts anything like that Mm. i would get it checked Mm. 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 so you encourage young people to just be aware of their own bodies yeah yes Mm. and a few have asked like um how can they get tests for stds because a lot of people are maybe aware of them but they don't really know what to do, where should they go, and stuff like that. So They can go to their general practitioner. If they have one, a family doctor, they can mm-hmm. go there. For a youngster, they're all in Norway what we call Helsestation, which is a place where uh, there is either um, this special nurse or there could be young students uh, doing the examinations. Uh, and for, the, for students, we have the student health service. Uh, if If you think you have an acute infection, that's a place to go and you will get an appointment with the appropriate health service. And uh, at Haukeland, the university clinic in the dermatology department, there is this venerology clinic, which is a clinic for sexual transmitted diseases. And there you can also contact uh, to get an appointment. 
and I would uh, advertise heavily for the clinic at Turkline. We've done it in my show as well. Because uh, mm-hmm. the problem with the Halsa station is that it's the opening hours is quite limited. Uh, yeah. While at Turkline, it's regular office hours, I think 8 to 4, something like that. It's free. It's drop-in. You don't have to... I'm not sure if you can book an appointment, but you can at least just show up and take a number. Um, and also, the people working there are experts in <laughs> venerology. So, because if you go to your GP, of course, he or she sees many different things during a day. Yeah. So, for example, mycoplasma, which is kind of a new mm-hmm. ST, or it's not necessarily new, but it's quite recently that we've started talking about it. It's hard for a GP to be very up to date uh-huh. with the latest, which is, you know, it's natural. So I would very much uh, recommend the Hochline Clinic. Also, you can, if you don't want to go there, you can order a kit that they send to you, oh. that you, you test yourself, and then you send it back and you only pay for the postage back. Hmm. So it's Interesting, yeah. basically free. It's a great system. <laughs> system, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then a listener asks, so let's say if you are tested and then your test results are positive, so the question is, how many of the STDs have a cure? Um, you can divide STDs as other uh, diseases as well. You can divide it into uh, bacterial infections, mm-hmm. viral infections, and then there's also a few parasitic infections. And which one is the most serious? Well, the good thing about the bacterial ones, so for example, chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, um, any, well, those are maybe the three most known. Uh, okay. They can be treated with antibiotics and also testing for them is fairly easy. So that's the good news. Um, they can have serious side effects, nevertheless, but they're fairly easily treated and tested for. Uh, then you have the parasitic ones, which are crabies and, uh, no, it's not crabies, it's scabies and then yes. there's crabs, mm. uh, which are also fairly easy to get rid of. And uh, then you have the viral infections, which aren't as easy to, or some of them are chronic, uh, mm-hmm. Some of them, even yeah, though they like can't be treated, the body can treat itself. So, for example, with genital warts, it, after a while, uh, most often it will go away. Okay. Even though that's uh, often like a year, but it will eventually go away. Yeah, depends uh, on the person. But how long? Uh, so you say one year. I, I think if you, if they, if they come, if you get the warts, then they disappear, and then if you're wart free for I think a year, then you one sort of assumes that you're you're free of it but you can treat the wart you can get something to to put on uh, a uh-huh. li- liquid or yeah. you could treat it surgically for those that with where this medical treatment doesn't help you to to get them away and they are bothersome then we can remove them by surgery okay. yeah. hiv is also a, mm. a viral infection mm-hmm. so the viral infections are harder to cure that's sort of the general rule I'd mm. say. So they are chronic? They are, some of them are chronic, yes. And let's say you have a, like a viral infection, then you should notify your sexual partner, right? Well, that goes for all. That goes yeah. for um, also especially maybe chlamydia because it's very contagious. It's very common also and most people don't have any symptoms so uh, both the risk of transmitting is is big but the risk of them having it without knowing it is mm. also big so I don't know I think if you have if you 
have sex together, you should be comfortable saying that. Mm-hmm. Yes, communication. I have an STD. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. But you can also, if you really don't want to, you can make your doctor send them a letter. I'm not sure if it's a letter. It's probably not a letter, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, um, like a text message, something okay. that you know a previous sexual partner of yours have tested positive for chlamydia. Please, you know, check, check yourself. Yeah. So, Come. but. Hmm. And how is going the treatment of uh, HIV? Uh, you can treat it. You treat the complication of it, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but um, in fact, you will need to go on treatment uh, continuously. Okay. Yeah, but uh, this is uh, this can make you uh, contagious free, so that you can be pregnant without affecting the baby. Okay. Which was. Uh, not the case in the beginning. In the beginning, we uh, uh, avo- we really told them not to become pregnant because there was so high risk of transmitting it to the baby. But the, this is now not a problem. We keep the mothers uh, on medication, and then uh, she can deliver, and uh, the baby could give get some treatment uh, or be tested. So that will be okay. Okay. Yeah. So even if you don't have a, a cure. There's treatments uh, that you take regularly if mm-hmm. you are infected with HIV that um, it stops the virus from developing in the body. It also makes you um, minimally contagious. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't measure the HIV in the blood while you take the medication. Uh, so that's one treatment. You can also, uh, if you know you're at risk of, um, you know, if you're if you're a man having sex with men, for example, you can also take a sort of preventive medicine mm-hmm. so that uh, e- even if the one you're having sex with does have HIV, mm-hmm. the risk of you getting it is lower. And there's also medicine that if you know you've been in contact with some, or if you've been having sex with someone that ha- has HIV, or maybe if you use needles used by someone with HIV, there's medicine you can take right after that also will lower the risk of you developing it. So. Even if it sounds kind of dark, saying that we don't have a cure, the treatments are really good. Mm -hmm. And you, as a rule, you die with HIV, not from HIV. So that's good to hear. (laughs) Yes. But again, we would state that prevention is better than treatment. Absolutely, absolutely. So So in in that matter, using condoms is very, very good. So one last advice for our listeners. I would say that if you use um, uh, contraceptives, uh, you won't be afraid of unintended pregnancy. So that is good and that is good for your sex life. And if you uh, want to avoid uh, spreading disease, uh, then uh, uh, condom is good for that. And if you can have uh, vaccination against HPV, I would strongly recommend that. So we talked a bit about different uh, contraceptives and most of them uh, sort of eliminate the risk of being pregnant. However, condom is really the only effective contraceptive against Mm. STDs. So use a condom. (laughs) Use condoms. Okay. Mm. So thank you very much for staying with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And Juna. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you again for all that beautiful questions. I hope you enjoyed the answers and the program itself. Thank you, Margrethe. Thank you, Jakub. Thank you. Thank you. All for being there. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Du hörer på studentradioen i Bergen. Bergens enaste FM-radio.